Hi, and welcome to the Part 3 with me podcast. The show that helps Part 3 architecture students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week, we will be talking about being an RIBA chartered practice, uh, how you become one, and what benefits does it bring to your practice. Uh, This... Um, subject today meets two part three criteria uh, PC1 for professionalism and PC4 on practice and management so jumping into today's topic uh, if you want to register your practice to become an RIBA chartered practice how would you go about doing it and how does it qualify so one of the key requirements in becoming an RIBA chartered practice is to declare the practice's compliance with 13 criteria set out by the RIBA. These include um, one, that the practice is a full-time architect's business or an architectural business unit within a multifunctional organisation. And it ensures that all practice information submitted to the RIBA is up to date and accurate. The second one is at least one of the full-time directors or partners is an RIBA chartered member. A third one is all architectural work is under the direct supervision of an RIBA chartered architect. Uh, Fourth is the practice meets the quality assurance standard of staff bound by a relevant code of conduct based on a minimum of one in eight staff being an RIBA chartered member. Fifth is the practice and all the employees should conduct themselves in accordance with the Code of Practice for Chartered Practices, which is essentially the Code of Conduct each RIBA member needs to follow as originally covered in Episode 1. Six is the practice must operate a management system to ensure that architects in the office adhere to the RIBA Code of Professional Conduct and comply with Continuing Professional Development Obligations, also known as CPD and CPD provision is to be set out within the employment contract of staff members. Uh, Point seven is the practice must hold professional indemnity insurance cover that is of appropriate cover for the work undertaken. Uh, Number eight, the practice must operate a quality management system relevant to the size of practice. Number nine is the practice must ensure that an appropriate health and safety policy is in place and is operational. Number 10, the practice must ensure that an appropriate environmental management policy is in place and is operational. Uh, Number 11, the practice must operate an employment policy which addresses the requirements of the RIBA Chartered Practice Employment Policy Guide. Number 12, the practice must ensure that an appropriate equality, diversity and inclusion policy is in place and is operational. And the last criteria, number 13, uh, for practices registered and located in the UK, they are required to make a return of the annual RIBA business benchmarking survey. So to become an RIBA chartered practice, you must meet the 13 criteria I just mentioned. Then you are also required to complete and return annually the RIBA chartered practice declaration of compliance signed by an ARB registered architect and they must also be an RIBA chartered architect. Um, 
then the practice must also abide by the RIBA Code of Practice for Chartered Practices based on the three principles of the Code of Conduct. And they're also required to pay the annual subscription fee. So failure to meet these requirements will, in essence, result in the removal of the practice from the register of uh, chartered practices. So every year, the RIBA carries out a compliance monitoring uh, when the annual application forms are submitted uh, by the respective chartered practices. So once they receive all these applications, then the RIBA carries out an audit of at least 5% of all of RIBA chartered practices against some or all of the compliance criteria during the subscription period. So they basically just check for compliance that um, all practices registered as RIBA chartered practices that they meet the points I just mentioned in becoming uh, an RIBA chartered practice. Now we'll be looking more closely at some of the criteria just mentioned. First looking at criteria four, uh, where it states that one in eight staff members should be a chartered member. It's expected that the details of the names and repo membership numbers of each RIBA chartered architects will be provided. Uh, alongside the total number of all architects employed in the practice. So you need to provide the details and the membership numbers to meet criteria four. Uh, then moving on to criteria six, whereby the practice must adhere to the RIBA code of professional conduct of practice for chartered practices and comply with CPD obligations. The code in essence meets the same three key principles as the general RIBA code of professional conduct for chartered members, which is integrity, competence and relationship. Um, so check out the link in the episode notes for access to the full code of conduct document. Now, when it comes to CPD, it's a requirement for RIBA chartered practices to provide the opportunity for all staff members to undertake CPD. Uh, which technically consists of them doing at least 35 hours of CPD each year, with 20 of those hours to be from the RIBA's prescribed CPD core curriculum, meaning to cover at least two hours for each of the 10 CPD topics. Uh, these topics uh, typically consist of um, architecture for social purpose, uh, health, safety and well-being, business clients and services, uh, legal, regulatory and statutory compliance, procurement and contracts, sustainable architecture, inclusive environments, places, planning and communities, building conservation and heritage, and design construction and technology. So CPD can be provided by a mixture of structured CPD, which is provided by an external course leader, teacher or tutor to teach certain aims and outcomes, or it can be provided through informal CPD, which are usually uh, self-directed by the individuals. Now, next, looking at criteria seven, whereby the practice must hold uh, professional indemnity insurance cover. Uh, it must be of appropriate cover for the work undertaken and must comply with the RIBA Code of Professional Conduct. And for UK-based practices, the insurance cover must also comply with the ARB's guidelines for professional indemnity insurance that we discussed in episode 19. Um, if, you 
if your practice is outside the UK, you can still apply to become an RIBA chartered practice, but they must have an equivalent form of insurance policy in place. So practice are generally expected to have at least one month's cover to run under their current professional indemnity policy when applying to join and at the point of renewal of their RIBA chartered practice status. So details of the professional indemnity policy provider, policy number, level of cover and policy renewal date uh, will need to be supplied on the application form when you register to enter the chartered scheme. Now, when it comes to quality assurance outlined in criteria eight, uh, RIBA chartered practices are expected to confirm that an appropriate formalized quality management system, also known as QMS, is in place and utilized. So the QMS must demonstrate each project has a clear leadership structure and it's supervised by an RIBA chartered architect. So there are different uh, requirements for the different practice sizes. So for small practices up to 10 members of staff, they are expected to prepare a project quality plan, uh, which is also known as PQP for each project. For medium practices between 11 and 50 staff, they are required to operate a quality management system that covers all project and practice procedures. Uh, the practice can also use uh, one provided by the RIBA, which is the RIBA Chartered Practice Quality Management System, which you can find via the RIBA Chartered Practice Toolbox. But you can only access this if you're um, a Chartered Practice member. Um, so for larger practices of 51 plus staff, uh, they are required to adopt an externally certified ISO 9001-2015 quality management system. Uh, this system will help demonstrate to clients that you manage the quality of your work and processes to an internationally recognized standard and improve your success at pre-qualification stage in public sector work. So to achieve accreditation with the system, you'll need the assistance of a quality assurance professional. So the RIBA believes that quality management is core to the success of the business in providing quality assurance, which meets the RIBA charter practice scheme. That's why they um, impose this requirement on chartered uh, practices. Next, moving to criteria nine, whereby a practice must ensure that an appropriate health and safety policy is in place and is operational. So the RIBA chartered practices are expected to set out their health and safety policy in writing and apply it to all employees in both the workplace and on-site visits. Uh, so the policy must set out how the practice intends to manage health and safety and who will be responsible for it, when and how. So health and safety risk management is also expected in the practice's project work. Uh, so for practices that have over five members of staff, a person should be nominated and qualified to be responsible for health and safety matters, uh, the maintenance of the health and safety policy and its communication to all staff. So all staff should receive adequate health and safety training. And there is again an RIBA health and safety policy template available on the RIBA Chartered Practice Toolbox. Now moving on to criteria 10, 
where a practice must ensure that an appropriate environmental management policy is in place and is operational. This must be formally written in the practice's employment policy and is applicable to all practice sizes. So RIBA chartered practices are required to have an environmental management policy to establish a common approach to minimizing environmental impact on projects and uh, in practice. So this approach can help achieve internal buy-in by providing a framework of internal communication, um, assisting in clarifying processes, communicating to clients uh, your environmental policies, and you can inspire confidence and attract clients to your practice through your environmental values. Uh, and lastly, it assists the practice by driving improvements to design work and operational procedures of the practice. Then under criteria 11, the practice must operate an employment policy, which addresses the requirements of the RIBA Chartered Practice Employment Policy Guide. So some aspects of this were covered in the previous episode, but just to give you a quick overview of the RIBA employment policy, this policy in essence champions the benefits of adopting good employment practice and by improving employment practice, this as a result provides wider benefits to society. So the aim of the employment policy is to support members' awareness of their legal requirements as employers and their rights as employees. So the RIBA aims to support practices on these matters by uh, including employment matters in the code of conduct, uh, developing and maintaining a model employment policy, by publishing a model of employment contracts for qualified employees, uh, by publishing a model of employment contracts for students, ensuring architecture schools are, are aware of these, uh, informing RIBA members and students of architecture of their employment obligations and rights, and changing legislation and new employment practice with case studies. And also uh, the RIBA aims to support practices by organizing CPD events linked to employment guidance to cover um, setting up a business, hiring employees, changing legislation and so on. So the RIBA also encourages best practice in employment for RIBA chartered practices by adding investor in people listing to the practice directory and encouraging membership through uh, articles in the REBA journal, rewarding best practice through the Student Employer of the Year uh, by providing information on good practice when it comes to student employment, uh, updating the education criteria to further promote good business uh, and employment practice, uh, also by providing diverse range of CPDs and addressing the long hours culture architecture practices tend to have. So for charter practices outside the UK, the RIBA requires them also to follow the same employment policy um, as UK charter practices, but where the national legislation conflicts with the policy, they should follow the national legislation. And finally, moving on to criteria 12, the practice must ensure that an appropriate equality, diversity and inclusion policy is in place uh, to help practices meet this requirement. The RIBA has developed a chartered practice equality, diversity and inclusion policy guide 
again available on the Chartered Practice Toolbox. So the RIBA aims to promote the business, social and environmental benefits of good employment and diversity in architecture practice by promoting the added value of diverse uh, architects to the built environment, uh, using a range of role models to promote new members to join and retain existing ones, and through continuous dialogues with the government on the implications of legislation and procurement methods that discourage good employment practice and diversity. So this covers what you need to do in order to become a member of the RIBA Charter Practice Scheme. Uh, next, I'll be moving on to um, what benefits does your practice actually receive by being an RIBA Charter Practice? So what would actually attract you in becoming one? So this typically involves um, that the status of actually being an RIBA Charter Practice helps um, your practice win more work by uh, providing access to the RIBA's unique uh, find an architect service, which matches the right clients looking to work with a chartered practice. Um, so this um, platform usually attracts about 60,000 visitors per month and clients submit millions of pounds worth of projects on, on this uh, platform. So it's a very useful tool to help practices find and secure more work. Um, being an RIBA Chartered Practice also um, provides your practice with getting opportunities uh, to promote yourselves more and meet potential clients at consumer and industry shows. Uh, it also provides benefits from the client referral service that they have, which matches the practice with new opportunities and produces short lists of practices for clients to choose from. Uh, they can also provide you with a network across 70 local member-run branches and connect with RIBA, uh, other RIBA members via meetups, building tours, talks and social events. They also give uh, practices access to one of 10 local RIBA offices throughout the UK uh, for any advice they might need about a local issue or to get involved. And they also offer the opportunity to get involved with a local region or chapter if you're thinking of working uh, or you are based outside the UK. Uh, so becoming a RIBA chartered practice also gives practices access to a range of professional services and products to help them run their business. Um, this is done by streamlining their workload with the exclusive RIBA chartered practice toolbox, which I already mentioned which contains guidance on quality management, environmental management, health and safety, employment and equality, uh, as previously mentioned. Uh, they can also get support uh, making the best decisions for the practice with the 24-7 business helpline to connect them with independent HR, health and safety and tax advisors. They also benefit from expert advice on matters like legal issues, uh, implementing a quality management system and ensuring compliance with policies such as GDPR. Uh, they also get high quality business intelligence to see how the practice is performing against criteria such as profit, turnover, marketing spend, hourly rates and salaries. So it also helps them with their business structure and their business growth. 
and helping you stay on target. And they also get exclusive free access to the beta version of the new RIBA feed calculator, which is being developed with, um, together with the RIBA Chartered Practices. Also, by being a member of um, the RIBA Chartered Practices scheme, also demonstrates that the practice is committed to delivering the highest professional, ethical and best practice standards in architecture. By being an RIBA Chartered Practice um, also shows that you are a lead in the profession in setting standards for ethics, equality, diversity and inclusion and fair pay. And as an RIBA Chartered Practice, you differentiate yourself every time you use the exclusive RIBA Chartered Practice logo and site signboards. Um, the other benefits you also receive is on products and services provided by the RIBA and you get to enjoy exclusive discounts on a range of products and services which includes the RIBA pension solution, the RIBA vehicle program, cybersecurity and training, the RIBA design service, the RIBA site signboard service. Uh, they get 35% off recruiter discount at the RIBA jobs a 20% discount on CPD club tickets, a 30% discount on in-practice CPD, a discounted venue hire in London and Liverpool, and they also offer an introductory offer to MBS uh, Chorus. So RIBA Charter Practices receive an introductory discount on the new MBS Chorus subscriptions. Um, now, if you're a practice over 100 members, there's also um, something called the RIBA corporate membership. So if you were to become um, a member of that scheme, uh, that also offers a few additional um, benefits, including discounts on individual RIBA memberships for your staff, uh, also provides account management with dedicated name contact support, all your payments are brought together with centralized billing. They provide quarterly billing to ease business cash flow, uh, a free review of your CPD needs, up to 12 hours of bespoke in-practice CPD, um, core CPD club tickets. They also provide complimentary tickets to RIBA professional events, uh, exclusive access to policy discussions, exclusive access to the annual corporate membership leadership summit and a 10% discount on extra in practice CPD. So to sum up what I went through today, uh, in order to become an RIBA chartered practice, the practice must maintain the standards for the RIBA chartered practice register and failure to meet the 13 accreditation criteria and standards will have your chartered status removed. You have to have at least one of your full-time principals, uh, either or a director or a partner to be an RIBA chartered member. Uh, at least one in eight of all staff must be an RIBA chartered member and all of your architectural work must be supervised by an RIBA chartered member. Uh, at least one in eight staff employed in your practice must be a registered architect or an RIBA associate member or an RIBA affiliate member. And your practice must commit to operating policies 
when it comes to best practice in employment, equality, diversity and inclusion, health and safety, environmental management and quality management. And the benefits include helping your practice win more work by demonstrating to clients you are committed to the high standards of professional ethics and best practice in the profession, uh, receiving access to a range of professional services and products to help run the business. You also receive benefits on RIBA products and services, enjoying exclusive discounts on a range of products and services. And you can also become an RIBA chartered practice even if you're outside the UK. So being an RIBA chartered practice um, is the only architectural practice that is endorsed and promoted by the Royal Institute of British Architects um, because it demonstrates commitment to quality assurance, business management and client service which provides your practice with excellent exposure and credibility with clients. So being an RIBA chartered practice is um, not just uh, ticking another box, but it also demonstrates the high quality your practice uh, adheres to and produces, um, which clients tend to um, take well to. Uh, so today I won't uh, be providing a scenario because if um, you were to come across a question in your coursework or your, or your exam, uh, when it comes to RIB chartered practices, it would be in essence either what benefits the RIB chartered practice membership gives you or how do you actually qualify to become an RIB chartered practice. So if a scenario or question comes up uh, like that, then what I just went through in this episode will be able to help you answer that question um, efficiently and in detail. And that concludes today's episode. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more part three with me time.